Listen to this episode so you can learn how to publish a podcast. It's all or nothing. This is the Come Up Steps to Success podcast with your hosts, James Lawson and Courtney Steven. So this is the second part to our two-part series on how to create a podcast. And this part is how to publish a podcast. And in our first episode, episode 16, we talked about creating a podcast, you know, the different types of tools, um, how, what resources you can use. We had talked about other podcasts also. So if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you check it out. Again, go on the website, thecomeuppodcast.com slash episodes slash 16. Right. But after this, definitely go back, check out episode 16. Episode 16 was probably one of our best because it had the most, I don't want to say tangible because it's, it's audio. You can't really touch it, but it had the most concrete, you know, information that you could apply right now. A lot of questions we get running this podcast because, you know, who are we? We're not journalists. We're not broadcasters, but we started this podcast thing. So we're getting a lot of questions, you know, from our friends, from people in the team TCU all over the world. And they're asking us, how do you start a podcast? So we're here to let you guys know how not only to create this podcast, but how to put it out to the world. Yeah. And we also included for the first time on episode 16 bonus content. So there's actually something that you can download, which is the TCU podcast checklist. Yeah. So if you don't know where you don't know where to start, we'll get you going in the right direction. But before we get into all that, Jimmy, it's good. What's your weekly win? My weekly win. And it hasn't even started yet, but I'm going to Cincinnati next week for some training for the job. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. I've never been to Cincinnati, Ohio before. So I mean, that's the great Midwest, the uh, backbone of America. Yeah. Like I was hoping that I could see a football game, but uh, I don't know if I want to see the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> well, it depends who they play against, right? You yeah. Know, there's always another team in the stadium, but yeah, traveling for work, not bad. Yeah, you got a lot of experience with that. I mean, I uh, just came back from Montreal yesterday. That was the first time we went out there and came back on the same day. Not to ruin it, but does that have anything to do with your weekly win? Uh, no, actually, that would have been too easy because, you know, we went out there, we got a W. Always great. So we literally got a win this week. But outside of that, man, I'm pretty stoked about these new mic stands we got. We got one that's on the table over there where Jimmy's, you know, masterminding at TCU headquarters right now. So he's over there looking like DJ from Hot 97 <laughs> or something like that, some radio station New York. Meanwhile, I'm over here on the tripod and I got the full full body stand. So, you know, we don't have to hurt our backs leaning over these small mic stands anymore. I could actually sit exactly how I would want to sit if I was just having a regular conversation and bring the mic to me. So that's a weekly win. Hopefully you guys can hear a difference in the sound quality. If not, I mean, that's also a good thing because that would mean that a sound quality was crispy. somewhat decent, crispy yeah. before the mic stand. But yeah, man, we're stepping it up. If you came over here and checked it out, I think it looks pretty profesh. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about, you know, mic placement in the last episode. So this has really taken our mic placement game to a whole nother level. Definitely. Especially because we want to start interviewing some more people. So now we can really get a pop in. Um, so normally at this point, we would talk about the comment of the week, but... We are actually recording this current episode on the same day that we dropped this week's episode. So we didn't even give anybody enough time to leave comments. 
So maybe we'll do two next week. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. But, you know, there's still opportunity for you to get that shout out. So make sure you guys swing by Instagram at the come up podcast and let us know what you thought about episode 16, how to create a podcast. All right. So without further ado, let's get into how to publish a podcast, because once you create it, you want people to listen to it. And if you build it, they will come usually. Right. In my experience, I think it does work. You, you put it out there and hey, like Gary Vee always says, one is better than none. That is true. One is greater than zero. And if you keep that mentality, you're going to make it through those tough times at the beginning when really nobody knows you exist. And frankly, nobody cares. But don't do it for the glory. Do it for the love of the game. Yeah, definitely. And I think because where how we started when we were deciding how we were going to start the podcast was really to just document our journey. It wasn't really for anybody else at first. We were just like, "All right, let's document what we do and then, you know, a year from now, 2 years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now when we're dead, 50 years. <laughs> damn. Somebody can say, "Hey, that's how James and Courtney started. That's how their come up was because, hey, you are here on the come up podcast live and direct coming to you from the inside of the entrepreneurial brain two twenty 20 somethings just trying to make it shake. So, yeah, let's get right into some actionable stuff because we talked about how to create a podcast. We talked about the tools, the resources. And once you actually have your audio file, how do you get it to the people? Well, I know me personally. I love to consume some podcasts, whether it be sports, comedy, educational, whatever it is. But usually me personally, I've got an iPhone. I go to the podcast app. I listen to my stuff straight off of iTunes. I don't know about you, but you're an Android guy, aren't you? Yeah, I'm an Android guy. So it was kind of hard for me at first. At first, I was just using my iPad because I thought the only way to get to a podcast was to use iTunes. I had no idea that there were all of these other apps or these other platforms that I can listen to podcasts on. So, you know, our podcast is on Stitcher. So make sure you check us out. If you have an Android, check us out on Stitcher. But our podcast is on Stitcher. There is Google Play. Uh, there's SoundCloud. There's your own website. If you got one, you can listen to people can listen to your podcast on your own website. There's so many different options. You know, there's iHeartRadio. There's so many options out there to listen to a podcast. You really just got to start out with one. Real, yeah, exactly. And so the first thing we're going to talk about is where can you host your podcast? Right. So hosting a podcast is somewhat like hosting a website, which means your podcast, it's data. And that information has to be stored somewhere on a computer, on a hard drive. Right. So you actually pay monthly or if you if you're running a small operation, you could probably get some free hosting somewhere. Yeah. But you pay to have a company like SoundCloud or like Buzzsprout host your podcast. So now your those sound files are on the Internet stored somewhere. And then from there, they can be sent to the different directories via RSS feed or whatever it may be. But hosting setting up a home for your information on the internet. Yeah, essentially it's like Courtney said, where your audio files are going to be stored so that in any case, you know, if your laptop were to die or your hard drive would be lost or anything like that, it's still stored digitally online. So I'm going to talk about some of the platforms that we used at first. Well, there's only one that we used at first, which was SoundCloud. And that was because it's free. We went with the free option up front because 
we didn't know what we were doing at first. No idea. So we went with the free option at first. Uh, it took a little bit of just Google research to figure out what was the best option. So we went with SoundCloud and SoundCloud was great. You could upload your content. Uh, you could set up your RSS feed and then you would plug that RSS feed into. And to be honest, I don't know exactly what an RSS feed is. A lot of people don't know what it is, but all I know is it is a link that you plug into, let's say, iTunes or Google Play or you submit it into iTunes or Google Play. And they now have access to your podcast through your hosting platform. Right. So this was a big question that I was getting a lot in my email, but it was how do we get in iTunes? So initially, like you said, we were hosting all of our podcasts on SoundCloud and I wasn't really doing a lot of the back end stuff until we migrated over to Buzzsprout. But I found that on Buzzsprout, everything was dead simple. Like it was so user friendly. It was easy. You didn't have to read any instructions. It just helped you do exactly what you wanted to do. So getting that RSS feed and then it walking you through how to get on iTunes, it was all pretty simple. So depending on who your host is, getting onto the directories, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, depending on who your host is, that could be really easy. Yeah. Um, to be honest, because I dealt with the hosting and getting it on SoundCloud and then getting onto iTunes for the first few episodes. And I'll, I'll say this, it was actually very easy to get onto iTunes. It was not hard, but uh, there were some prerequisites, some requirements that were necessary to get onto iTunes because you know how Apple is. You know, everything's got to be on the up and up. It's got to be, you know, top notch. So a couple of things that iTunes requires is that you have a thumbnail, which has specific requirements that you can easily Google. But to just give you some quick things, it has to be at least 3000 by 3000 pixels. If you don't know what that means. Like I said, Google it or you can do what we did. And we just had hired a professional to make our thumbnail. And we said, here are the requirements that iTunes requests. Can you make us a fire thumbnail? And they provided that yeah so at this point we talked about getting it onto a hosting platform but we want to talk about getting it to people because you could put it on soundcloud you can get it onto itunes but if nobody knows who you are if nobody knows what the name of your podcast is they won't hear it so the first thing that we did to get our content out there and i remember Cordy, you were like, yo, we got to get this on social media. We created an IG account and a Facebook account. And then we also created a website. I mean, so there's creating the content and then there's amplifying that, seeing how many people it can reach. And like you said, the website kind of serves as our home base. So that's the main spot that we really want to drive people to, because it doesn't matter if you're Android or if you're Apple, if you're desktop or if you're mobile, if you go to our website, you can find all of our episodes, you could listen through whatever, you know, platform you enjoy best with your type of phone or your type of device, or you could take advantage of our embedded player and listen to the episodes right then and there. Not to mention the website allows for commenting. So the show notes, everything, it's an enriched place where we want people to go to get the full body podcast. But not all of our listeners are going to know to go there unless they really know us. So we had to go to where people were hanging out naturally, which was the social networks, Instagram and Facebook mainly. Yeah. And um, like Courtney said, the one thing that I really like about the website is that if SoundCloud were to say, hey, you know what? We're shutting the doors. 
we don't want anybody coming onto our apps anymore. Or if iTunes were to say, hey, you know what? You got to fork over a thousand bucks a month to get onto this platform or whatever, whatever barriers that any of the directories or any of the hosting platforms were to put up, our content is housed on something that we own, which is our website. And so that way we can always direct people to our website, no matter what any other company says, you know, you can't get onto this or the algorithm on our social media changes. You can still get to our content because we created a website. Right. So basically what we do is take all of the traffic from our social networks and funnel them to one website where everybody can get everything. But this is a not as it's simple, but it's not as easy as it seems. It's not. So that's why you got to listen to our other episode, how to create a website so that you can at least get this portion of it done. Right. So talking about our specific strategy, when we're talking about Instagram and Facebook, really, they're two different platforms, but you got to make your content native to each one. So when we're talking Instagram, you definitely, definitely, definitely want to optimize the description in your profile or the bio, because that's going to give people a glanceable biography or an overview of what they can expect on your podcast when the episodes are going to come out or who the hosts are not to mention you're going to want to direct them through that link in bio exactly where they can get to listen right now you don't want them to have to click a whole bunch of different links in order to get to an episode so make sure that that link in bio goes somewhere where they can get the episodes immediately after they click the link So for an example, and I was running the social media at first. So if you see the first couple of posts, you know who that was. That was Jimmy. But, you know, the boy Courtney took over. And this is what was really surprising for me. We were getting about, you know, 10, 20 listens per episode. And your boy Courtney went on to social media, went on Instagram, went on Facebook and said, all right, let me do my thing and really went in and To give you some concrete numbers first, we had 50 followers. By the time Courtney was done, we were over 100. We are currently sitting just below 300 in a matter of eh, a couple of months. And the biggest thing, though, because we're not here for just followers, we were going from 10 to 20 uh, listens per episode. So downloads, listens, whatever you want to call them. We jumped up to 40 to 50 listens after Courtney took over the social media. So that just shows the importance of utilizing these tools to amplify your traffic. But Courtney, go into a little bit more depth on how you took social media and you made it a good driver for traffic. Well, really, there's a few things you want to consider. Whatever platform you use, you want to speak that native language on that platform. So you're not going to compose a Facebook post the same way how you would compose an Instagram post. Now, Facebook, it lets you embed links inside of your post, which is awesome. So now when that content gets shared from my page or from our fan page to others, individual pages, there's links that are traveling with that post. So that's something you want to take advantage of. Also, the long form content there, you can almost add a condensed version of the show notes so people can get a breadth of what the episode is going to be about at a glance. So when we're using Facebook, We're doing a little bit more writing, we're using embedded links, and we're prompting people to share and to go visit our website right now. Whereas on Instagram, it's a very visual platform, okay? So we wanted to take advantage of some of the things that people are coming to our 
coming to our page for. We want to give them the content that they find valuable. So not every single post is just a call to action. You can't have people, you know, annoyed of, man, they just keep asking me to click the link in the bio. Like, what else have you done for me lately? So we took a strategy of trying to create some kind of rhythm with our posts and creating a series of four different types of posts that would, you know, when you look at our profile, it would look like there was a thought behind it. There's a little pattern. So there's a little bit of a rhythm to our page and our posts. So if you go check out the Come Up podcast on Instagram, you're going to notice that there's a routine. First, we're going to come out with the title episode and we're going to show you what this week's episode is about. Then the next day, we're going to post a tip sheet. And that's going to break it down a little bit further so you can get a visual representation of the high points of the episode. Then we're going to come back with a sound bite. Okay, now this is actually a video that you can hear a section of the podcast. And then the last day we're coming with a quote. So we got a four day routine where we're dropping content consistently, but we're trying to give value to the people who like what we're talking about and give them exactly what they expect, which is quotes, you know the high points, tips, um, just things that they could digest quickly and keep it moving. But then when they see something they like, they might feel enticed to go to our link in the bio and listen to the full episode. Yeah, definitely. And I've seen it with my eyes. Like, again, like I said, Courtney took over and the amount of traffic that was driven to our website and to, you know, iTunes for people to listen to our episodes, it really did increase. It really went up. So just to give a quick summary, because, you know, we talked about hosting platforms like SoundCloud and Buzzsprout. I want to talk about our transition from SoundCloud to Buzzsprout, because that was literally a game changer for us. So with SoundCloud, after we reached about, I think it was about episode seven or six, I was just like, hey, yo, Courtney, you know, things are doing well. And Courtney was like, yo, I think half of our episodes aren't showing up on iTunes. Like, what are you what are you talking about? I go on my iPad and I see that only episode like seven, six and five were showing up. So I'm like, what's going on? So I run over to SoundCloud, try to figure it out. SoundCloud sends me an email. Hey, by the way, you are over your upload limit. You need to pay to get on to get your your episodes back. They basically took our episodes hostage. Exactly. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I just paid right away because I'm like, there are people that are trying to listen to our episodes. I paid right away. It was 16 bucks a month. But what we got was just, you know, added statistics. You know, where are people, where are our listeners from? Uh, Who are our listeners? And that gave us a lot of insight. But I felt like for the amount of money we were paying, it wasn't worth it. So I did some research, looked into other hosting platforms, and I came across Buzzsprout. Now, Buzzsprout, for $12 a month, you can upload four hours every month, which is really great for us because our episodes are about less than an hour, but about 30 minutes to an hour every week. So that works perfectly for us. Also, the embedded player was not branded towards, like, for example, SoundCloud. It was just an embedded player with our thumbnail. So that was really good for branding on our website. Additionally, on the embedded player, you could link for people to subscribe to iTunes, which is where a lot of our listeners listen to our our content. So that was a really a bonus for us. The other things that uh, Buzzsprout gave for us was allowing us to pick a little bit different category. So for SoundCloud, we were locked in on health or business. But with Buzzsprout, we can pick self-help, 
We can pick health. We can pick business. We can pick personal development. So we had a little bit more options to target our niche market. So those are just a couple of the features that Buzzsprout really offered. And that's why the transition to Buzzsprout was essentially a good call. But also the one thing that I really love and Courtney doesn't know about this. You know, I, I kind of might I might have made it seem like it was a little bit of hard work, but Honestly, all I had to do was take my RS, my RSS feed from SoundCloud, plug it into Buzzsprout and hit transfer podcast. And I tell you, within 20 minutes, I got an email that said, your podcasts are now live on Buzzsprout. A lie. And that's how easy it was. Wow. So, I mean, I guess you get what you pay for. You know, you start up with something simple and easy because you want to make sure that you're in the right game. But once you realize what you're doing and how committed you actually are, a little money up front is going to save you a lot of time on the back end. So that's definitely something to keep in mind as entrepreneurs. Sometimes we're tempted to take on the weight of the world on our shoulders, but you know, you can make a little sacrifice here or there to recruit the help of other people or other software to make your life easier. And it's going to make your product better in the end. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to include all of the information, all the resources that we use to publish our podcast, we're going to include some tips on how you can amplify your traffic and amplify your audience in the show notes. But there's one thing that you are king at, Courtney, and that is the CTA, the call to action. The call to action. Man, see, before I even get to the call to action, all right, because there's one thing I you mentioned briefly and I kind of wanted to go back over it. You talked about how we categorized our podcast, right? So one thing, the reason why we have show notes, okay? And now work with me, I'm going somewhere with this. The reason why we have show notes is one, so that you can get all the resources we talk about in the episode and you can find them easily. If you go to our website, we'll have a list. Everything's hyperlinked, you know? So if we talk about a product, you can go there, click on the link, find it, find the website, buy it for yourself. You know, if we're talking about a software, you can find out more information about it or whatever. There's a recap of the episode and you can listen to the episode there on the show notes. That's what it's for. But in addition to that, when you're talking about websites, you want your website to be searchable in Google, Bing, Yahoo, whatever it may be. So you need to optimize your website for search engines. And the show notes are a great way to do that. And that's going to help you get in front of more people organically. So along with the tagging, you got to think of how you tag your episodes and how you tag your podcasts in terms of search engine optimization. Now, every search engine is going to have its own algorithms. For example, iTunes has its own search algorithm, right? Based on the popularity of things, the relevancy, the date, other things like that, right? So when you name your podcast, ours is called the come up steps to success. But then there's some other keywords that are in the description of our podcast. So when we put out an episode, we're thinking about how can somebody stumble across this? So ours says things like success, personal development, entrepreneurship, you know, our names, it says our names, right? So basically When you're tagging your episodes, how to create a website. These are hot words that people are going to put in a search bar to try and find answers. So the titles of our episodes and the title of our show in general is something that we try to optimize for search. No, that's huge. That's a very 
huge part that we kind of just overlooked a bit. So thank you for bringing us back to that again. Like if you're listening to this, you might think, man, these guys are talking about hosting. They're talking about social media. They're talking about, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, Google play. When it all comes down to it, you got to just do a little bit of research, pick one, stick to it, get it right. And then add some more. So I'll give you an example. When we first started, we picked SoundCloud for our hosting. We said we're going to we definitely have to be on iTunes. And then we said, okay, there's Android users that don't have access to iTunes. Where can we go for them? The easiest option was Google Play. Then we found out that people weren't really using Google Play to listen to our show did a little bit of research and we found that that Stitcher was an up and coming app that a lot of people are downloading right now. So then we got on Stitcher, but we first mastered the process before we got on Stitcher. We had already dropped 15 episodes. So pick one, stick to it, master one social media. So if that's going to be Instagram or Facebook and Courtney mastered Instagram first, and then he started going to work on the Facebook. So pick one hosting SoundCloud free Pick a nut, pick your directory. You definitely have to be on iTunes, but I'm going to add a little tip for iTunes after this. And then the third one is pick one social media and use that master and then start to expand to other options. Now, I'm going to talk about iTunes very quickly because there was a mistake that we made on our part. And that's simply because me and Courtney, we get an idea and we just go 120 miles per hour. We subscribe to the idea of building the plane while you fly it. Which is great, but then obviously there's going to be some drawbacks. Exactly. So with iTunes, there is something called the new and noteworthy. You want to try and get your podcast in that category because you're going to be in front of a lot of people that would have never heard about you otherwise. And that's going to boom your organic reach right off the bat. So doing some research, I found that there are some requirements to get onto the new and noteworthy From the moment you post your first podcast episode on iTunes, you have eight weeks to make it onto the new and noteworthy. Additionally, like I said earlier, your thumbnail has to be professionally done and meet certain requirements. So I will put a link into the show notes for those requirements. The other thing that I found out was it's really based on listens and ratings and reviews. So the one thing that we did is we dropped one episode And we pushed the hell out of that episode. And that episode did really well for us. But there was nothing else for people to listen to. So they really just listened to that one episode. And that was the one listen for everybody that listened to it. And we got about, I think we had like about five people uh, leave ratings and reviews on the first week. But it wasn't enough listens to get us into the new and noteworthy. So the solution that we should have used is we should have dropped at least five episodes Maybe put an intro episode that's maybe two minutes long. It just really quickly explains what the podcast is going to be about and then drop four additional episodes so that our audience will have more things to listen to. So think about it. If one person listens to one of your episodes and they like it, they're going to go and listen to the other one. They're going to go listen to the other one. That's three listens that you can get in that first week of you dropping your podcast. And that's really going to show that you have fire content to iTunes and they're going to put you in the new and noteworthy if you meet the requirements that iTunes lays out for you to be showcased. Right. Because they want, you got to think of it. The reason they have new and noteworthy is so that people can stumble across good content. If you put out something that is mini viral, 
where people are binging it in small doses, that's going to tell iTunes, hey, there's something good over here that we don't know about yet. Let's throw it in new and noteworthy and let the people decide. Yeah, definitely. But if you're like us and you're like, I want to fly the plane while I'm building it, that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't go and put on one episode and then just keep building on that because they have top 200, top 100, top 50, top five. And that really all just comes down to, are you putting in the effort? Are you being consistent? Are you providing consistent, great value? Because if people are downloading your stuff, you're going to get to where you want to be. Yeah. So let's take it back now and talk about this last point a call to action. Now, call to actions come in many different shapes and forms, but in a podcast, obviously the call to action is going to be me here telling you about something, an action that you need to take, right? So generally speaking, you want to make sure that you deliver, 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 give, 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 give before you ask somebody to do anything, even if it's something small, right? Like visit our Instagram page or visit our website or leave a review. But all of these things, all of these questions that I'm asking you or these requests that I have, these are called calls to action. Now, generally, there's a purpose behind them. And so you want to lead up to the reasoning as to why it would be good for that person to take that action. You don't really just ask people to do random stuff because they're going to look at you crazy and say, why? Why would I do that? Why would I waste my good time doing that? But if you're able to, you know, started out by saying, hey, look, this would help me because, or this would be good for you because, or if you make it convenient and easy for them so that it's only one click on that link in bio before you can hear an episode, make things simple, easy, quick, fast. And that's how you're going to get people to execute on your call to action. So it could be a range of things, but regardless of what it is, you want to embed it in your content naturally. And you want to make sure that you balance out Or actually, you don't want it to be balanced. You want it to be way out of balance where you're giving a whole lot more than you're asking of people, because then that way you're making sure that they always benefit from the relationship and you're not just pulling. You're actually pushing. Yeah. And one thing that Courtney always stresses when we're doing any sort of call to action is make it one call to action per interaction. (laughs) The reason why he says that is because you don't want to ask them to do a bunch of things like go on my Instagram, go on my website, make sure you subscribe, make sure you rate and review. Chances are they're either going to do none of it or they're going to do none of it because you ask them so many things to do and they're like, ah, you know what? I got other things to do. And plus, they're being bombarded with calls to actions everywhere. Right. When you're overwhelmed, the natural response is to shut down. Exactly, exactly. So make sure your call to actions are very, very simple. So I'm going to do a very quick review and then we're going to get into our three steps. So we talked about, you know, hosting platforms like SoundCloud and Buzzsprout. We talked about using social media to drive traffic to your podcast. We talked about the different directories that are out there like iTunes and Stitcher. And we talked about the importance of show notes and your calls to actions. So Courtney, Let's share our three steps on how to publish a podcast deal. Should I kick it off? Go ahead. All right. So like we said, there's a whole bunch of different directories out there where people can find your podcast. But my step number one is diversify your directories. So you may not know exactly where your audience lives yet. And the only way you're going to know is by putting your stuff out there and looking at the analytics. So Start out with the main ones. Definitely try and get in iTunes if you're ready. Try and get on 
Stitcher, if you're ready. Maybe Google Play is for you. Maybe there's another one out there that I'm not familiar with, but diversify your directories and pay attention to the numbers and see, are your users using Apple phones? Are they using Android? Are they using desktop? And that's going to tell you where you need to focus your attention. Second, share your show notes. This is the most underrated part of the podcast because a lot of times when you're listening to us, you might be driving, you might be working out, you might be cutting the grass, but you can't stop and jot down some notes or really save anything for later. So the show notes is the best way for you to aggregate all the information that you just got and go back to specific points and find the information that you really need. So when you have a podcast, make sure that you share the show notes with people, let them know where they can get it, make it an easy URL to remember and make sure you provide value in those show notes. So if you're on the podcast app, I know that you could generally just touch the screen and the show notes will pop up right there in the player. But yeah, make sure you share your show notes. And then three, plan your posts. So when we're talking about social media, you need to have a comprehensive plan of how you're going to attack. You don't want to just wake up every day and try and figure it out on the fly. Now that's going to get you somewhere for a little while, but as you get busier with the podcast, planning, recording, editing, all of those things that are involved, you're going to want to have a system. So plan out what you're going to post, what's going to be the content, how are you going to come up with the copy for the content, and then when are you going to put these posts out? If you're consistent, you're going to be successful. But don't get caught up in how many people are liking your stuff or how many people are sharing your stuff. That will come, but you have to be consistent and you have to have a plan. So from the top, diversify your directories. Number two, share your show notes. And number three, plan your posts. Jimmy. Man, those are some three great, great ways on how to publish a podcast. Number one on three steps on how to publish a podcast is create a website. You want to have a website so that people who don't have iTunes, who don't have uh, you know any of the directories or the apps that they can listen to your, your content on, they can go to your website and get your content. Also, like Courtney said, sharing your show notes, you want to put that on a place that's easy to access. So create a website. And if you need any help on that, listen to episode number 12 on how to create a website. Number two, get a professionally made thumbnail. That's what we did. That's how, you know, the Come Up Podcast thumbnail looks so great. Get a professional, give them the requirements. And like I said, I'll link that into the show notes so you can have a fire thumbnail. So people get, because that's going to be the first thing that they see about your, your, your podcast. Number three, be consistent. You're going to have people coming to your, your podcast. Maybe it's one or two or three people, no matter what the amount is. They're going to, if they love your content, they're going to keep coming back. So you need to continuously provide value. One thing that we did that was a mistake on our part at the very beginning was we missed one week and that really hurt us. And we saw the numbers drop down for the second episode that we, we put out. But after that, we were super consistent. And now our listeners are constantly coming back because they love what we provide and they know what to expect. So from the top, Number one, create a website. Number two, get a professionally made thumbnail. And number three, be consistent. Man, so we really, over the last two episodes, took people from ground zero all the way to new and noteworthy. And I mean, people believe us. These are not 
things that we've just read online, but actually we're in the podcast game right now, working on our craft, trial and error, figuring things out. And these are tested theories. All right. So if you guys are interested in starting a podcast, I really urge you just do it. Why not? There's nothing to lose, but there's so, so, so much to gain. So if you've got an idea for a podcast, if you got an idea for a vlog or blog, any kind of content, you want to start a brand new profile on Instagram, whatever it is, go out and do it and figure it out as you're going and just make sure that you stay consistent, keep working and give us some feedback. Let us know how that's going because we would love to hear it. Yeah, definitely. If there are some tools that you're using right now, if you're a podcaster, you've been doing this and you got some tools, hey, share them in the comments on Instagram, share them in the comments on the website. We just we just want to learn. We want to get better. We're on the come up. So whatever you have to offer, share it with us because we're sharing what we have to offer with you. Courtney, any other last things that you want to say? No, I don't got anything to say, man. I think we said enough. If you guys haven't heard episode 16, make sure you check that one out. It goes great together with episode 17. Something like a lunch special. We'll see you guys next week. And we're out. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find the Come Up podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. The greatest compliment you could give us is to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher. This will also help us get in front of more people. And you can connect with us on Instagram at the Come Up Podcast. Don't forget to visit us online at thecomeuppodcast.com for a detailed summary from every episode all the way back to number one, including resource links and downloadable bonus content. 